0: hey everyone welcome to the latest episode of happiness and humans my name is matt phelan i am your host today i am a co-founder of the happiness index and the happiness and humans community i am here today with hayley chilvers the i want to explain to you why i've invited hayley on first and then i will ask hayley to introduce herself so i recently hi hayley Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was weird that I was talking and then I hadn't said hello to you. (laughs) Um, So the reason I've I've invited Haley on is that I recently wrote a book called Freedom to Be Happy, The Business Case for Happiness. And one of the interesting bits of feedback that I've had is that people say there's a real pace to the book. Um, And one of the things that, that people don't know is that I wrote the book whilst I was running which sounds really weird because it's like, how do you write a book whilst you're running? <laughs> um, but for those that have, have read the book, I, I have to digest. I had to digest hundreds of academic papers on happiness to write it. So I found myself in a situation where I was digesting this, this detail and science and then I was stuck. And, and I found an interesting technique to, that, that I came across, which was to read one paper and then go for a run. And then when I got back, I would write down three or four bullet points with the, that would then become a chapter. And, and then I heard via L. Whitehead, who helped me, um, Whitehead, um, who helped me on the book, and Abby Salter, who both people that I've worked with before, that they're working with this amazing person called Haley Um, So this is the longest intro of anyone ever, but I really wanted to to give the context of why I'm excited to talk about. Haley, and to talk about with Hayley today the concept of movement and um, so i'm going to shut up and i'm going to ask Hayley to introduce herself hi Haley.
1: hi Matt um, great to be here first of all and to chat to you about this is something i'm really passionate about um, so yeah just to give you an intro um, my name's Hayley and i work um, as a professional dancer i have done so for the last nine years and um, alongside that i'm also a dance teacher and personal trainer, and recently have set up my own online fitness company.
0: Brilliant, thanks Hayley, and we always have to ask everyone, what makes you happy Hayley?
1: Yeah, Um, well, you won't be surprised that probably one of the biggest things I've found that makes me happy is movement, Um, but it's not just movement, there's things that connect into that and I'll kind of dig into a little bit of why that is. And these are things that I've just kind of found over the years that if one of these is missing, I feel like a little bit of me is is missing. So um, starting with movement, I think um, COVID actually has given me a really good um, reflection point to really understand why I love movement. Pre-COVID, really from the age of three, I haven't stopped moving. I went to dance at a young age, fell in love with it and have always moved since. Um, And... Yeah off the back of that I, I've never known what it's like to not move and so when Covid hit I found myself for the first time obviously without work so had shut down and the gym shut down and I was suddenly stuck in my house so um, I really realised how much movement gives me peace of mind, calm mm. and stress relief and how it helps my sleep um, but more than that it's It's for me, dance specifically, um, and creativity. Creativity is a huge thing. I I can't be without Um, being in a room with people and sharing ideas, both good and bad, really make me feel alive. And as if, you know, I'm I'm taking risks and I'm really getting to know people. Um, So that's kind of all-in-one dance, creativity, movement. Um, And then the third one for me is um, connection. Um, and that again massively feeds into movement because when when we're in a rehearsal space, um, you you really can't not move with people and connect with them in a completely different way. Um, talking to people is one thing, but the moment you move with them, there's this real honesty and vulnerability uh, that is hard to find in in just through conversation. And so that connection allows ideas to to be shared physically and verbally and it's just incredible so for me that sense of connection is hugely important um and then the last two are kind of adventure and learning adventure obviously I think everyone most people love just getting outdoors traveling trying new things and a lot of a lot of those tend to be for me physical things as well just because it's is part of what I love to do so rock climbing surfing um or just any new physical feat um and then and learning learning is the kind of thing that I think movement has really allowed me to learn so much about myself and other people the world and just in general I love I, I hate feeling like I'm stuck or stagnant um and and yeah learning is just something I couldn't do without so those are those are kind of the five top things I think I need
0: wow um hey that's a great (laughs) with you on the adventure one before we get into your career I've learned so much more um about dance and drama and stuff through my daughter over the last few years um Mm -hmm. and I've definitely removed some of my own biases and discrimination around this area because I would say I was quite a basic basic Essex boy that was into beer and football. And the first time I went to ballet with my daughter, I was totally blown away with how amazing it is. And and I reckon if I went in a time machine and I said to to the 18-year-old me, would you ever go to ballet, I probably would have just totally dismissed it. Um, Mm -hmm. but, But seeing my daughter go through ballet and drama and some of the stuff that you've studied has totally opened up my mind to to the fact that I just think that that so many people should be doing this from a younger age and it shouldn't be a gender thing. And the story that I wanna link into your career, I was talking to my daughter's drama um, teacher and I was, again, I I think I was projecting one of my um, discrimination against people that do drama um, at school, because I think a lot of people who don't do drama have this vision of these drama people (laughs) that are like overconfident and you shouldn't even have to be big you shouldn't even be thinking someone is overconfident but what what she said to me is that some some the perception of people who do drama is that they are confident or overconfident and she said it's drama that gives confidence it's not the other way around we take a lot of people in that are low on confidence and drama Mm -hmm. gives us confidence and firstly I, I was calling myself out for my own biases but Secondly, I've I learned so much through my daughter, and I'm also annoyed that I wasn't exposed to things like drama and music and, and so on from an early stage. Um, but have you got any thoughts on that around like confidence and dancing? Things that this is a massive part of your career.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think I think what you said um, uh, and what the drama teacher commented on, on is um, so true. You know, there is a misconception that if you're in this field there you are very confident because you're getting up on stage but really it's like anything else and um, if you find you have an enjoyment and a skill in a certain area it doesn't necessarily mean you start out super confident with it For my own experience I've actually I'm really not all that confident and um, I, I was always extroverted I enjoyed people and, and being social but for my own personal kind of journey or learning um and skills I didn't always have confidence in that and being physical being on stage um, in drama studios um because I did a lot of drama at school as well like definitely has built my confidence to levels that i you know kind of stagger me now and within the field itself and in the audition scenarios you're constantly being um rejected and with that comes this resilience but also you start to learn that rejection actually isn't personal um, I've been on um, a panel now auditioning people and you suddenly see that it's not about what people can and can't do it's often about whether they fit what you're trying to do and that's right. the same I guess when you're interviewing people for any job sometimes it's not about how skilled they are um, and so I think that's given me confidence to be honest being rejected more and more and just keep getting up on stage or sharing has, has been yeah massively rewarding. In
0: that sense, brilliant. Thanks, Haley. So, I just advise anyone that was as completely ignorant as me is to go for a ballet lesson or go go, yeah. go, go for a dance lesson and, and educate yeah. yourself. Um, Haley, can you your your career is fascinating. you free to where you you went to school and everything. Can you just give us a bit of flavour about that, please?
1: Yeah, sure. And um, so, as I mentioned, started dancing from a young age, declared I wanted to be a professional dancer. Was lucky that my parents <laughs> supported that because I had many friends that they didn't. Obviously, it's not the most brilliant career choice um, from a stability point of view. Um, but I got a scholarship and ended up at Italia Conti, which is um, one of um, London's longest running musical theatre schools. Um, and it's, it's really a kind of triple threat school. So you learn singing, dancing and acting. And I graduated from there about nine years ago and really kind of discovered musical theatre wasn't where I wanted to be. And I, I was much more of a dancer anyway, dancer, actress, but a specifically dancer. And I found, discovered contemporary dance. And really that's um, that kind of changed where I started heading. But I've, I've had a real mix of jobs. So, for example, one of them being a show called Trolleys, where we were was five dancers, five shopping trolleys. And we're just out on the streets, basically doing everything you wanted to do as a kid on a trolley. Um, and it was phenomenal, like huge crowds. Everyone loved it. Um, and then I've, got, I've worked on projects um, where I work with a company called the Natasha's Project. And um, we're an anti-human trafficking organisation that is using theatre, dance and physical theatre specifically, to talk about the issue of human trafficking. So we actually work with survivors of trafficking, going into safe houses and using movement to um, allow women to claim back their bodies in a really positive way. Um, We've got an educational branch where we go into schools and use workshops and dance and theatre to talk about Um, and have conversations around safe relationships, consent, all of those kinds of things. And then we have the production side where we take um, a show based around human trafficking out into the world, onto the streets um, sometimes, to raise awareness so it, it's, it's kind of really and and then there's all sorts of things in between so i've i've been in um, a music video for snow patrol um i've worked most recently on a virtual opera and uh, the first virtual opera that the royal opera house has undertaken Um wow. so yes yeah, so it's really spanned like quite a lot of things um and i think more interestingly than what i've done is what i've learned. and. learned What's funny is you can go from being the top dog at the Royal Opera House, something like that, to an extra in a in a week. And yeah. um, there's something really humbling about that and, and quite unique. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the dance side of it. Um, and then I most recently, I've always taught dance, but have become a personal trainer, was working in a commercial gym setting for a while, and um, COVID really forced me to <laughs> set up my own online company and um, so I'm I'm still working as a dancer, but I'm also now um, helping many people discover the magic of movement I guess.
0: So that's amazing Hayley. Um, So it leads us on to our main question but why do you believe movement is important for happiness?
1: This is such a good question Um, and I could probably go on and on about this (laughs) so you might have to raid me in Um, but (laughs) I think that movement is the I always joke that movement is the secret anti-aging and happiness pill that everyone is desperately scrambling around for. Um and I'll I'll give you a little example because I think this is this is stronger as an antidote um as, yeah, as a story than it would be just my words. But um one of my clients she came to me this is about two years ago now and um She had been through all the personal trainers that are possible, all the fad diets. Um, She really had an unhealthy relationship to food and um, really disliked her body intensely. And um, over time, we really worked to kind of change her outlook on what health and fitness should be and um, make it more of a process rather than an end result. Um, and what we found was that she, she just got so much out of movement that she was never expecting. So she came in looking to change um, her body, and actually she changed her life. So mm. she couldn't prior to the um, prior to our training, she wasn't able to walk up the stairs without the banister. She wasn't able to get in and out of the bath without assistance. Um, she just found like daily daily activities quite challenging. Picking something heavy up. Um, from the floor and moving it or from a cupboard and and so really I think that it's it just gave her a whole new it opened her eyes um to to what was possible for her so there's there's that side to it um but I also think from from a dancer point of view actually I've I've with the Natasha's project which I mentioned before the anti-human trafficking company we were um performing a show once and actually uh, on a couple of occasions we've had women come up to us at the end of the show and um, either confide in us or or, um, share their story of their own personal um, sexual abuse or um, that they've experienced something very similar or that resonated with them through the piece and they said it was the first time they really felt like somebody understood or it was the first time they'd felt brave enough to share and in those moments, I'm just like, wow, the the power of movement to really change somebody's mindset, and even whether they're doing it or whether they're watching it, the ability to change something in their brain that makes them feel more connected or, or and just generally happier. And I think why, why do you
0: why do you think that is, Hayley?
1: I just think there's something that movement um, does that words can't. Um, You know, and and I think Natasha's project is a perfect example of this. Like, we we know that human trafficking is a huge issue out there. And you'll be sit there and taught by somebody all the stats. But information isn't it doesn't we know something, but we don't necessarily feel it. And the moment that you feel it, I really believe that you care about something a lot more. And so I think it's just so powerful in that sense. Yeah, and we all feel and think so much with our bodies, much more than we probably even realise. And so to see it or to experience it, you suddenly become more aware of yourself and and of others.
0: It's so fascinating because we talk a lot at the Happiness Index about emotions and feelings being data Mm -hmm. points um, and Mm -hmm. and how it's really useful to try and understand why you feel in a way. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about movement as a way to be able to unlock um, feelings and emotions and, and the fact that they, these people felt safe to share that um, is, a, is a credit to you and your work.
1: Thank you, yeah, and I, I think, you know, um, that's what one of the more, like, I guess, intense or serious ones, but I also think, like, it, movement, is it can be so playful and if we talk about more, like, positive emotions, actually, um, movement is always, I seem to think that, uh, especially in the fitness industry has become more serious it's, we've made it more serious than it needs to be and actually yeah. when we're more playful like we can broad we broaden the kind of things that we might consider doing we're more willing to fool around and explore invent something new and in the process like build resources and skills and um, so I think yeah there's there's so many things to what movement can do for you but I think it's a, a basically a accumulation of, of many things that it, it brings rather than one big thing.
0: I think in in life, business, fitness, everything, fun often gets forgotten, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I I retired from going from the gym years ago just because I found it boring. Um, mm-hmm. And I I prefer team sports, so any anything where it's a team sport, I'm in for, um, and yeah. that's outdoors. And um, I know this isn't in the in the tip in the question list, but. Have you got any tips on making sort of movement fun?
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, I've, I've got a great story about this um, through one of my clients who I was training in the gym. And we were there one day and I was just watching her go through her exercises. And then a song came on the gym radio. And um, I just saw her like light up, like literally her energy levels like whew, um, skyrocketed. And I just kind of I stopped. For a moment and I, and I was like do you do you enjoy music do you like dancing that kind of thing and, and she was like oh yeah like I absolutely love it and I was like right okay put the weights down <laughs> and then we headed we headed to the back of the gym where there's a big studio there with usually no one in it unless there's a class going on and um we just we just put on some tunes and um we started dancing some and it became a regular thing we'd start going in there and getting the pads and boxing gloves out and making up like um, little routines to it. Really silly. She loves 50 cents. So we were always um, there like punching to 50 cents, which is hilarious. But I always thought to myself, if one of the other PTs walked in right now, they'd probably be judging me as as a really bad trainer because here I am um, with this woman who's got these goals and I'm making her like just dance around and be a bit silly. But I really saw it in a different way, which is that, if you can make people enjoy movement, this was her first experience with exercise. She hadn't really had positive experiences, if any. And I thought if I can make her really connect to something here, really find some enjoyment, then she's gonna come back every week. And if she comes back every week, she's gonna improve. And then when she sees those improvements, she's gonna be hooked. that, that's exactly what happens she we ended up like making her a playlist that she would add to over the week so I'd get emails when she's at work like yeah. can we add this song and um, it was amazing and that really showed to me the power of like finding something you enjoy so I think for people that are looking for something don't I mean there's so much more than just hit classes and I think um, sometimes it doesn't feel like there is so it's also just being really creative with it like what um, if you, you know, cleaning is exercise when you think about how much calories you burn and actually all the, the scrubbing and the bending over and the whatever. So um, if you enjoy cleaning, like <laughs> stick on some tunes, do it aggressively. You know, there's I think it's about being creative with what you already know you enjoy and try and expand upon that and your personality rather than make you fit into a gym
0: mold. I think that's so fascinating because um, next week on the podcast we've got Justin uh, Justin Cochrane coming on, who's the England Under Seventeens England coach for football, um, mm-hmm. and he's talking about something called. Uh, you know, you were saying about if the other PTs personal trainers saw you, that they might judge you. He's, mm-hmm. He he kind of tries to go against that. He calls that he calls that approach flat pack coaching, which I think is a great way yeah. of seeing. You know, yeah. You, yeah to flat pack coaching there which is you saw what was natural for your client and you adapted it and changed it and, and they're loving it and they're coming back um, and yeah. so we're going to go into a serious question it shouldn't be a serious question but we're going to make it a <laughs> question but yeah we have some serious listeners because people who listen to the show CEOs HR directors and they're, they're in board meetings and and they have to they might hear this podcast and they're like oh, I've just, just been totally inspired by Hayley Chilvers, really get what she's doing but I'm, I've got a meeting with the finance person and I'm not trying to stereotype all the finance people but um, and, and Noelle who runs our finance um, will be like can saying say, that. <laughs> <'Cause she couldn't laughs> say like that but what's the return on investment of movement and have you ever been asked that question before?
1: <laughs> uh, um, I haven't been asked it in that way actually but I suppose indirectly that that's a question that um, people always want to explore. Um, but yeah there's i think there's there's three stories i kind of want to share here cuz they they cover a few different bases but um i actually a lot of the clients that i work with tend to be um in the corporate world really high flyers either right right at the top or owning their own business so um i completely have seen firsthand um the the amount of time they're spending in those workplaces, especially in comparison to someone like myself, where actually um, the hours are are a lot less in some ways because you're restricted with with how many you can be doing. Um, until now, so I'm saying I'm my own business, <laughs> and now I get what it's all about. Um, but I, my old housemate, actually, she was um, a lawyer working at bank and so I saw you know from living with her just how little she slept just how much she worked uh, she was never really there and then when lockdown hit we actually got the opportunity to train together because mm. she had a little bit more time and it was so interesting because she came to me obviously seeking the perfect body she was like I want the hip dips I want, I want the flat stomach I want uh, the Kim Kardashian butt like ooh, all of these things and um and as most people do when when they they come to me first, that's what they want to do is change their body. Um and so I was kind of like, okay, okay. Um and I knew that starting out with her was going to be amazing because I knew she was going to see such incredible changes. Um and it only took probably a month or two for her to really start seeing those. So every time we'd have a session, she'd say to me, Do you know what? Like I'm I'm actually sleeping so much better. I was really struggling with sleep and now like I just fall asleep straight away um she also felt way more energized in the day because of that but also because of the movement um her posture which had been you know slouched over from being sat down a lot suddenly her shoulders had pulled back and she said she felt like she could breathe better purely as a result of that um and actually that she felt way more confident just because her shoulders set back she was saying I was asked to be in a photo and I usually hate them but I was kind of like oh no like I actually feel quite good I feel quite confident um and obviously she felt stronger she was saying she could pick things up easily she felt less wobbly she was doing some Mm -hmm. yoga and she was like I feel incredibly strong and so I think in terms of those those physical things like the lifts (laughs) <laughs> the list is endless and how they can knock onto your work day um and just to talk about like kind of going into the future a little bit because obviously when we're sort of young um high flyers working at our desk we take for granted that that health and um vitality right because it's tomorrow's problem and we feel good today so it's all right and slowly but, and sh- but surely it chips away at you if you're not if you're not moving and um my nan actually she bless her had a fall yesterday and um has broken a hip and she's um yeah just actually due to going for an operation now but um the one thing that people may not know is that as you as you reach about 30 35 probably at the, the peak of that um you're consistently losing muscle mass but more importantly bone density um especially for women once they hit menopause and um, there's because you're not you're not being flooded with estrogen you dramatically decrease your um bone dens- in bone density over the years and this can be a real problem um in causing kind of brittle bones or people falling over and breaking things and so i guess really the return of investment is further down the line for me it's that you're going to have physical youth and independence that you, you can experience like way way into you know your 60s 70s 80s that not exercising this I mean you're not going to get that kind of independence and so I see it as a little bit like having a pension yeah. <laughs> you're constantly paying in so that later on you can really enjoy that and I Love think it. movement should so much be the same
0: brilliant um thank you Hayley um so final question um two things that i wish that i'd done more of and um, number one i think everyone should do ballet number two yeah. um, is economics so maybe there's mm-hmm. an, an economics ballet course out there that, that we need to start setting up hayley but one of the be- best business lessons that i learned was the what is from economics the the concept of opportunity cost
1: mm-hmm. and
0: especially when it comes to relationships and business and so on so opportunity is the Is The opportunity cost is the the opportunity you miss out uh, by picking one choice over another. So um, for for our listeners that were like me and didn't know what it it was, but I want to merge this conversation and put that into it. But what's the opportunity cost of not moving? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, the way I like to um, think about opportunity cost, is that for every yes, for every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Um, and that's something I've actually always used as a, a way to navigate my career. Um, if I say yes to this opportunity, what am I saying no to?
0: Um, and, um, and- hey, can, you, can you just say that exactly again? Because I think the way, when you said this to me when we were prepping, that the way you describe it is so much better than the, the economics teachers. Um, can you just say your own version of it because it's so much more human again? I just want to capture it.
1: Yeah. So um, the way I see it is that uh, every single time that we say um, yes to something, we are saying no to something else in life, um, and that's always been the way I've kind of I've kind of looked at opportunities. I and actually, be I be didn't an know. economics
0: teacher, Hayley. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's just it's an easier way to look at it, and I, I just love it. So sorry for. Mm. No, I just want to capture that point
1: yeah not at all no worries um oh wow well um i actually think there's a really good story to share here that um highlights what movement can do and what you'll miss out what you miss what you don't realize you miss out on i guess um, and that is that um, I work for a, a company called Folk Dance Remixed and it um, sounds kind of crazy, but we go out to like seaside towns um, in the UK, British summer, and we perform a show where it's a mix of like Morris dancing, hip hop, contemporary dance. We have a Maypole and it's uh, we have see. a beatboxer, like it's a really, really fun show. And it's, um, and everyone, everyone really enjoys it because it's really upbeat and, and fun. Um, but I had this moment, not last year, the year before in, in this show where I was like, this is what it's about. And um, after the show, what we do is we get everyone from the audience out to join us for a big Kaylee, And um, and the most the amazing. A
0: big Kaylee is like a, a big Scottish dance, basically, isn't it? Is that what it is?
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of um, what you'd imagine, like skipping around each other's arms and galloping down yeah. the centre of an, an aisle or like people forming bridges. Um, so, yeah, it's really upbeat kind of folk dance style. And then, so we get an audience up to join us. And when I looked around, the the variety of people that we had, Um, in that workshop was insane so there was a guy there a Paralympic athlete actually who was sat in his wheelchair and his mum had seen the show and recommended him to come and um, then there was young kids there was um, an elderly couple one of them had a walking stick there was mums and dads holding their newborn babies and there was a pregnant woman and then just when I was like it can't get any better um, this Uh, hen party kind of was walking through the street (laughs) and they saw it they'd obviously had a few drinks and um they they joined in they had like their sashes like by to be and it was just one of those moments where you're like this is what movement does and when you say no to movement i think early on or you say no to it completely you miss out on the the confidence it gives you to step into a situation like that, because I noticed so many people sat around um, as many that are willing to get up. There's also a lot that won't. And that's because it's so alien to them. And so I think when you say, um, when you say no to movement, you say no to learning about your body from the inside out. You say no to self-awareness. You say yes to aging quicker, losing strength. You right. say, um, yeah. And I, I think from my point of view i've seen clients um start by saying no um, i'm sorry saying yes to a bigger workload and more stress and mm-hmm. no to themselves and they they slowly learn actually to say yes to themselves and yeah. just something i wanted to share as a bit of a takeaway for everyone is that we love think... takeaways
0: from the show, <laughs> oh
1: yeah i thought you might <laughs> um the takeaway here i think is that um Behavior is contagious, right? So if you're in, um, you've got a work culture set up where, um, say, you're the CEO or you're very senior, and you are making time for your body and your health, and you're prioritizing that, and you're saying, do you know what? Every time at lunchtime, here and here and here, you're not going to see me. Like, please don't communicate with me. I'm out. I'm doing my exercise. You make it okay, and you make it um, possible, and. um, you even inspire everybody else around you to take on that idea. And in my mind, I think it's crazy that workplaces don't actively or, or more so encourage this kind of behavior because there's so much to be gained from it in terms of productivity, in terms of um stress levels. and um, I just think it, it, the the benefits endless and um, yeah, yes, I think.
0: No, sorry yeah. uh, i was interrupting
1: no, you. no that's all right. yeah so i i just think that um reminding yourself behavior is contagious and actually not it, it feels like in the corporate world anyway from the clients i've experienced that um they're just used to people not they're used to people working the crazy hours and not looking after their health. so if they're starting out then they're likely to follow in those footsteps because that's how they see the only way to be successful and i think we all put too much emphasis on being busy and yeah. i think we should really question um what are we being busy for is it in the right places of our life that we're we're busy mm. as well
0: i love it hey and I was, i'm even thinking because i'm in a um i suppose it goes back to me being like a, a repressed essex boy which is um i'm in seven months into doing a year of uh, no alcohol and mm-hmm. two, of, two of my reflections because I'm, I'm measuring my own happiness i think i'm about four percent happier from giving up alcohol mm-hmm. um, yeah. but i do miss the i do miss some of the like the highs and lows in a weird way of alcohol but one of one of my reflections that i was thinking about when you were talking is that i think i there's only i only drink for three reasons is what i've confirmed in my own analysis so far mm-hmm. one um is to be able to dance Which is ridiculous, (laughs) isn't it? Which which is it hasn't been a problem. It's been easy because I'm not going to any weddings or anything. But again, yeah, why sort of like I couldn't believe it when I've like I've seen how much my daughter dances and how much she gets from it, and I wish that I'd learned to dance as a youngster because a a lot of men have that. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's what you're really building up to on a night out—the fact that you've got enough confidence to dance. So is that one? Is to I used to use alcohol to relax which when you think about it is just ridiculous, isn't it? Like there's mm-hmm. so much better ways to get yeah. out there and learn how to do breathing techniques and yoga and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the third one is, is for other people. When I really boil it down, I think, oh, drink for other people to make other people happy, which is ridiculous because anyone who loves you isn't going to want you to drink uh, to make them happy.
1: Um, yeah. But you,
0: you, but it is a social pressure. People will, if you say you're not drinking, people will go, oh, come on, don't be boring and so on yeah. and so on so the only reason i'm linking it at the end is that i just think when we started talking about movement and like a lot of your clients i thought this is about the body but the more I, I have listened to you and learned and 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 going into summary i'd encourage everyone to go and watch hayley's nine to five video that she shot on linkedin it's amazing i haven't commented or liked it yet because i i i want to um share the share this link so people can uh, do a follow-up to it but um I just wanted to say by i thought that we were starting of a simple subject here of, of movement but i think it's opened up so much um hayley i'm gonna ask you to summarize everything you've just said in two sentences to finish us up
1: <laughs> um oh so um i yeah i think you've touched on it brilliantly there in that movement is really complex in and that it can offer you so much more than just the physical. And so, really, I guess what I'm trying to communicate with everyone today is to explore it, be more creative in your in your movement ideas. Um, don't think that you have to go to a gym or do HIIT classes, but explore your other options because there's so much out there, and uh, the benefits are endless. And actually, um, I think you can grow in so many ways
0: from movement. So Haley, I'm just going to finish. But I normally say thank you, which I am going to say thank you. But I think the best thank you I can do is to plug, is to plug your business. <laughs> and we don't, <laughs> we're, not in the, we're not in the business of plugging businesses. And Haley hasn't <laughs> done this, but when someone has stepped out of the 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 employee comfort zone and they've gone out to start their own business, I think, um, I think. Elon Musk was saying the other day you know when um, you know when someone has a, a baby you have a baby shower mm-hmm. um, he had an idea the other day that when people start businesses we should start business showers along <laughs> like anything that you can help with like if you have some money do you have some contacts can you share their link yeah, yeah. bring them on your podcast and and you don't need my help Haley, because you've got an amazing business but what I am going to say is if you found this podcast interesting, connect with Hayley on LinkedIn and, and, and check out her work. I think it's fantastic. And, and I hope all our listeners have learned as much as I have.
1: Thank you, Matt.